Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer, Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. Morissette, 48 years of age today. I know one of the great uh, quiz questions of all time. In her video for Unsent, uh, there's five separate guys that she sort of dates and she sends these letters back to these fellows from her past. And pretty sure one of them might have been a former NHL player. And maybe a guy who did some work at one time for the Edmonton Oilers organization. Do some digging, see if you can figure that out. You can text us on our Ashley Fine Flores text line at 780-496-0063. Bob Stoffer joining you in Denver, Colorado. And we welcome back to the show. I had a good conversation with him this morning from the NHL Network for Acadian Custom Built Homes. Check out the Acadian Show, home to Juliet in Sherwood Park Golf Estates. For more information, head to CadianCustomHomes.com. We welcome back former uh, NHL General Manager of the Tampa Bay Lightning. He started Octagon's Player Agency. He was the number one overall pick in the 1983 NHL draft from the NHL Network, Brian Lawton. Hello, Brian. How are you doing? Doing fantastic, Bob. How are you? Good. Do you have any clue as to who the former NHLer was that uh, dated Alanis Morissette back in the day? She's from Ottawa. Right. I do not know. I had a few guesses when you said it. I remember hearing this as a player because as a player back then, that was huge news. Yeah. Uh, I can't, okay. Well, I can't, re- can't remember what player it was, but you're going to tell me before we get off this call. Hopefully. Well, we'll see if anybody comes up with it. Ironically enough, uh, he's got another player with the exact same name as his. That's uh, and again, this is this is sort of legendary urban tale stuff. But I do think they were definitely spotted together multiple times. We'll see whether or not anybody's been able to come up with it. Seven eight zero four nine six zero zero six three. Somebody just said uh, Derek Sanderson. No, it was not the. Oh, we've got a winner. B got it. You see, we got we got smart listeners to this show. It, it didn't take long. Seven eight zero four nine six. You don't win anything. Yeah, uh, three guesses. Three three guys so far ended up getting it in the first five minutes. Mike Peluso, who later was an amateur scout for the Edmonton Oilers. I knew that. Yes, yes, I yeah. did know this. Yes, right. Uh, I, rem- small world, I remember but- hearing it. Yeah. I, 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 you know what? It's funny with Alanis because, you know, very, I mean, huge talent. That goes without saying. Massive star in the mid to late 1990s. And that video, there, there's a degree of, you know, I, I guess people say, well, why wouldn't she just use Facebook? That's how you connect with all the people you used to date before. But for those of us that aren't on Facebook, that, that, that song kind of resonates a little bit. So anyhow, uh, speaking of resonates, uh, deja vu all over again for the Edmonton starting off a playoff series. They didn't look great against L.A. Mike Smith, 
uh, would have liked to have had a goal back in the uh, you know the game against the Kings. Edmonton fell behind, and LA doesn't have the horsepower to run away from you in a game. But Edmonton lost game one. Calgary put up a nine spot on them in game two, in which they were up six two, and the Oilers tied at six six. Um, you know, seven three lead last night for Colorado, aided and possibly abetted by a, a key uh, decision late in the uh, first period, and the Oilers rally. So before we get to the call itself, just a thought on, you know, was this a different 8-6 loss than the one that was 9-6 to the Calgary Flames? What do you think? Uh, I hear a lot of people, you know, suggesting that uh, unlike that game, Colorado completely ran over Edmonton last night. And I didn't get that feeling. I know the players were left thinking that at all. So uh, I, I do think it was more akin to that Calgary game where it was just back and forth, crazy hockey, um, wide open. I was, you know, the difference for me is that Calgary Thanks, is. <laughs> Can you hear me, Bob? Yeah, we got you better now. It sounded like there's a little bit of construction going on. Uh, yes, I met. I bought a new home on, on for all the music fans out there on. Uh, Prince's Lake that he made famous in Purple Rain, Lake Minnetonka, just outside oh, wow. the city. We're doing doing a little work to it, cleaning it up, um, which is an understatement because the house was built in 2019. But when you're married, and all the listeners out there that are can appreciate it, you just have to make changes sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> So that's what we're doing. All right, no, the, so... the, 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 the similarities were, were somewhat uh, eerily familiar in this game for Edmonton. Um, I just, you know, it wasn't a bad opening game for them. That's all I could say. Colorado was uh, certainly on their game, rested, looked good. But at the end of the day, uh, Edmonton can play with these guys. Colorado is the favorite. But it's not like 70-30. It's more like 55-45 in my opinion. I don't even think it's that decided. This is a more open series for somebody to grab and go to the final than people realize. And uh, I, I spoke to a lot of people this morning, completely disagreed with me, and I spoke to other people that said absolutely that's the way I saw it. Game two will tell a lot, but Edmonton uh, has nothing in my opinion, to be terrified of with Colorado, other than, unlike Calgary, Colorado has more depth throughout their lineup. And yeah, it's funny. I mean, so we had, we had some people saying that the Oilers were outclassed in last night's game, and I'm like, what part of, you know, they had their goalie pulled with a minute and a half left in the game until the final 30 seconds. They had a chance to tie that hockey game. Did you miss? I mean, outclassed. I think that's, I mean, the Oilers didn't play their best game. They didn't play as well as they wanted to. They didn't manage the puck well. I don't think they were outclassed or taken to the, they were out, they were marginally, they were outplayed early and worked their way back into it. All right, Brian, the call, the call at the end of the period. To me, spirit of the rule, that was offside all day. And they came up with an explanation as to why it wasn't. Just like Brian in, in Calgary on Friday night, I thought the Coleman play, I thought that was a goal. And, and they came up with an explanation as to why it wasn't. It's confusing at times, isn't it? It certainly is. And uh, I was surprised last night, and, and I would tend to agree with you on the Blake Coleman call. 
I did think that was a good goal. Last night, to me, though, I thought for sure was offside. I just did not see it the way that the explanation saw it. Is it arbitrary? Yes, it's arbitrary. But when you have a chance to go back and look at it, it just uh, it didn't feel right to me. In the normal course of stick handling a puck, handling a puck, it's not always on your blade. So to me to say, oh, he pushed it, and if, if when a player pushes the puck and is going to do exactly what was explained, you're generally going to raise your stick in the air. You're going to make it really obvious. I didn't see that. I could interpret a lot of plays that way. That's why I didn't like it. Ultimately, there's nothing the Oilers could do about it. It cost them dearly, as everybody saw, but you move on. And uh, I've always been okay. I don't like it, but I've always been okay playing the game long before we had video review with some of the things that don't go your way in the game. It was just part of the perseverance when you grew up. We're doing a better job of trying to get the right answers but even with video, you can't get a hundred percent consensus on everything. Yeah, uh, the, on the were you surprised they pulled the goal off the board down in Calgary on Coleman? I was. I was very surprised, to be honest with you. You know, I, I it just to me that's a a little bit of a when you're a hockey player, it feels a little bit like life and death. There, he's trying to direct the puck in. But it's not a place where you, when you're in that position that Blake Coleman was, where you want to just go for it and take a kick at the puck. If you do, you break your leg there pretty easily. And players know that as you approach the net. They know what things to be aware of. When I looked at that one, I just, I thought it was a good goal. I thought it was a heck of a play, to be honest with you. All right, we're joined right now by Brian Lawton from the NHL Network. So, uh, Jay Woodcroft making a point today, Oilers need to manage the puck better. One of the challenges Edmonton has is two of their best three players, when completely healthy, are compromised. Now, Drysaddle is a thinking man's player, uh, incredibly gifted. It's frankly remarkable what he's doing, given the you know the significance of a high ankle sprain. They've moved him to left wing. He's playing with McDavid, and they're lethal together. Darnell Nurse uh, is an exceptional athlete. He's a horse on the back end, but he is compromised right now, Brian, most likely with a core issue, and it is clear. Um, I don't think you can pull him out, but you need to possibly look at going 7D just to ease the workload a bit on him. What do you think? I would. Uh, anytime you pick up the score sheet and you see Darnell Nurse in the 20s, and I mean 20, <laughs> just a little bit over that, that is a really light night for him. Uh, it's clear to me that, you know, there's some laboring going on, but this is the time of the year when players play, and when things are over, you find out they had something that in a lot of ways is unimaginable that a guy's playing with. That's just what the playoffs are. That's why it makes it so great. There's so much heart and passion that goes into it. Uh, you got to play Tyson Berry. I mean, he played 22 minutes last night. Tyson is playing much better. That's a big positive for him, but I absolutely would go 7-11 and 11 if it were me just to have that safety blanket. Yeah, well, and it's, it's, it's interesting whether or not you go Russell or Broberg because they've got experience. It's funny, I mean, I thought we might see Holloway at some point. Uh, I took a look at what Colorado did last night with Newhook. Now, Newhook's played a lot more pro games than Dylan Holloway. Um, 
but the the coaching staff between Jay Woodcroft and Dave Manson have a lot more experience with Philip Roberg. He's already played in the playoffs a little bit. Uh, he's played in the NHL in the regular season. He might be an easier guy to bring in. And if you're worried about the skating matchups, what's the one thing that Broberg can do? He can skate. So if you do go 11-7, and maybe he's a guy that makes sense here. Yeah, you know, that's an organizational decision. Are you building for the future? Are you trying to win the game? You have to be careful with that because the players read different things into that. In this particular case, uh, honestly, I think it would be fine either way with whatever Jay decides. I would probably, in the second game, want to introduce a more veteran player if it were made for reasons other than the performance. you got to think they're probably going to play anywhere from six to nine minutes maximum. Um, but Broberg, you know, long-term, you'd love to get him in there just to experience, you know, every round, to be honest with you. It ramps up so much. That would be incredibly valuable for him, and I do think his skating against a team like Colorado would be a significant plus. As much as the, as the Oilers want to figure out how to manage the puck better, you have to imagine Colorado saying the same thing, Bob. Yeah, well, they gave up six goals as well, and the Oilers were able to turn it up a bit. And Edmonton, actually, Brian got goals from all four lines in last night's game, which is an argument to not change it up and just go, uh, you know, with four lines and three sets of uh, uh, D. So besides managing the puck, what do uh, the Oilers need to do better in game number two? And as a shooter, how is it different facing a left-handed catching goaltender versus a right-handed goaltending uh, catching goaltender? Because uh, Pavel Fran, uh, you know, uh, sues as a uh, catches with his right hand. Yeah, the, the left shots love it. I always loved playing against a guy like that. Tom Barrasso comes to mind. It's an easy top shelf or an easier top shelf. There is no easy ones. But the difference for me from Francis and Kemper, and we saw it after Kemper got the eye injury in that specific game that he did, where a slap shot literally went over his shoulder. He, at times, tends to crouch to try to find pucks, and he gives away a lot of the top of the net. Um, it's a significant difference for the Oilers if Francis plays, and I think it's a significant positive influence for the team. I do think that I like a lot of things Darcy Kemper has done. My one question I've had about him is, you know, he does get injured, but also looking for him to do it at the biggest moments. Not saying he can't. Um, it just seems like, you know, the odd, untimely goal gets by him. So whatever happens, you know, the Oilers have to continue to press that point. But Francis is a much better uh, selection for the Oilers and Kemper is just based on size for me. Okay. Uh, all right. So from Edmonton's end, uh, besides cleaning it up a bit, and, and and they do have to clean it up, and they have to be aware, it's not just McCarr that can make plays on transition by transporting the puck, Brian. Uh, Bowen Byram can really skate and get up the ice, and Devin Taze might be the most underrated defenseman in the NHL. Yeah, we, we probably haven't talked enough about Bowen. I mean, he missed a, a bunch of games for a variety of reasons this year. Uh, he's a heck of a player. It, it it feels like a little bit of a coming out party, and yet there's still so many guys that block him from getting opportunities to do even bigger things. But he has really turned out to be valuable for them down the stretch, particularly after they lost Gerard. Uh, I just think that he 
gives them another dimension. Certainly that Jack Johnson and even Josh Manson, who really struggled last night, does not give them the Oilers. For me, though, it starts with goaltending. A lot of the confidence, a lot of confidence for the team comes from that. It was not a great night for Mike Smith by any stretch of the imagination. It wasn't all his fault. This is a high-octane, high-powered team. Um, But they're going to need some more timely saves, in my opinion. And they've got to find a way uh, to control the tempo a little more. Colorado likes to get up and go. Even Even if Edmonton threw some different looks at them, which is what I would consider if I were Jay Woodcroft, is throwing some different looks where you're more passive on your forecheck and you're waiting to transition off of them in the neutral zone or even your defensive zone. Because when Colorado comes, they come with everything. That's really good for them at times, but it's also really disastrous. Particularly, you know, like I look at some of the bottom forwards now in Edmonton, and there are guys that are comfortable playing that way, turning over pucks in the neutral zone. Uh, this is going to be a fascinating matchup to see what changes guys go with, though. But uh, Edmonton has a couple of different looks that I believe they could utilize to help throw Colorado a little bit more off balance. Couldn't argue with the entertainment value in last night's game. Uh, you know, the game obviously was on TNT uh, down in the States. I mean, it's and I know a lot of people were watching the Battle of Alberta. It was getting a lot of talk on the, the various shows, the ESPN shows, as an example. You know, their daily shows were talking about the fact that this was, you know, the Battle of Alberta was the the, the playoff series that the NBA wishes that they had. And uh, entertaining start. Just to wrap up, Ryan, a thought on uh, the Rangers finally facing an opposition team's number one goaltender. They didn't face Tristan Jari in round one, and they didn't face Freddie Anderson in round two. And I know they have Shesterkin, but they're playing the champs. Who do you like between Tampa Bay and the Rangers? Uh, the first game is always sketchy for me. You know, we'll try to figure out rust versus rest, or rest versus rust, however you want to say it. Ultimately, uh, this is going to be a tough game for the Rangers. Uh, Tampa is a very professional group. If they smell blood in the water early, this one could get out of hand. Uh, it wouldn't be an, it wouldn't be an impossible thought for me. The Rangers have played very well. They have surprised a lot of people, uh, and Carolina was no easy out for sure. However, as you mentioned, they haven't really seen a guy like Vasilevsky yet, so we'll see what that does with their offense. Shosturkin has played well, but not nearly as good as he did in the regular season. Um, but the Rangers, you know, core veteran players have struggled in in really both of their first two series at times, but when they needed them, they found another gear, they picked it up, and they were the difference. So I I think this is going to be a bridge too far for the Rangers, but let's see how it goes off the start. Uh, Tonight, I wouldn't read too much into it, whether they win or lose. My my guess is that it will be a tough night for them. Brian, much appreciate. Thank you for your time, and we'll touch base here in the next couple days. My pleasure. Thanks, Bob. That is Brian Lawton from the NHL Network. Bob Stauffer with you on Oilers Now. Do you want to tell you guests on the show receive gift certificates to Roos Chris Steakhouse? Whether you're celebrating a special moment or simply savoring a night in the town, every meal is an occasion at Roos Chris Steakhouse. It's the greatest steak you've ever had. Tell Brennan and Chris that Oilers Now sent you open Wednesdays. It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. 
your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, price line. Through Sunday from 5 to 10 p.m. Uh, we'll return, get a couple texts and orders now. It is 1254 in Edmonton. All right, quickly until you actually find Floors text line at 1257 at Edmonton. This one from Edmonton says, Bob, it's time to take Darnell Nurse out and get him fixed up for next season. It's clear he can't do the things he needs to do. Uh, put in Russell and Broberg and go back to 11-7 and seven format. Also, this texter says, why does the NHL make the rules simple? So we don't always have controversy like this. If the puck goes off your skate in any way before it goes in on that, it's no goal. If anybody is in the offensive zone before the puck is across the blue line, it's no goal. Keep it simple. Again, you can text us at 780-496-0063. Carson says, Bob, Colorado was the first team that we looked better on face-offs then. I don't think Colorado has a good as penalty kills Calgary did. Am I right? These are things we need to exploit. Oh, and why not switch Nurse with Kulak from Carson? Well, there's no question that Kulak's become a big storyline and a guy Edmonton likely needs to uh, find a way to keep and sign an extension. Uh, we will tell you for you golfers out there, if you're looking for a bucket list experience, New West Travel has it in Cabot with Cabot Links in Nova Scotia on a five-day golf getaway. You golf Cabot Cliffs and Cabot Links. This package includes airfare via a private WestJet charter, open bar, premium meals, four nights accommodation in the Cabot Lodge, five nights of golf. Um, they'll have a new West golf tournament with prizes. You can book now and get a $350 upgrade on premium economy. To reserve your team time, call New West Travel or visit newwesttravel.com. Oilers now injury report for James H. Brown, injury lawyers, unrivaled experience, unrivaled commitment, unrivaled results. It's this simple for Edmonton. Uh, nothing to report at this time. Darnell Nurse is going to play tomorrow. My, my guess is we'll see Mike Smith starting goal tomorrow. I, I have a feeling we won't be seeing Darcy Kemper starting tomorrow. I think they'll go with Pavel Francos, and they do not have Samuel Girard on the back end for the Avs. Off to a global news weather traffic update with Eileen Bell. When we come back, what are your favorites? Edmonton sporting icon, George LaRock. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad.